sing. Amen. Amen. And uh, I have so many things I can say right now. I'm just not going to say it, though. I won't say it, Demarcus. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm not. I'm not saying it. All right. There we go. I am. Um, oh, let me make. Yeah, I got it turned on. This is, uh, of course, a, a very important passage of Scripture in the Bible uh, because it's, it's, this parable is, is teaches us so much. But I want to take a look. We just read through it, went through it together. But uh, just look at a few of these verses, and then we'll have a word of prayer. But we're going to look at a few of these verses and kind of look at some facts in the verses. Uh, first of all, one of the facts that we want, to, we want to take a look at, it says that he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. So remember this, he called... How many servants? Ten servants. And he gave them how many pounds? So obviously what he did was he gave each servant a pound. Correct? Everybody, is that too deep of math? We got it. Ten servants, ten pounds. Everybody gets a pound. You're struggling with it. I see. Okay. Then, uh, then it says, the, then came, and well, it came to pass that, when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And so God, of course, the, the, the definition of trading, we'll do with that, deal with that in just a few minutes. But it says, then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. So the first one, uh, this is where we clearly understand that he had ten servants. He gave them ten pounds. Each one got a pound because the first one says, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And, and of course, this is, uh, you know, many believe, and, and I believe that it's talking about the millennial kingdom and that, uh, you know, the, our faithfulness in that kingdom, in the millennial reign, we will, we will have authority over, uh, you know, just 
depending on what, how God deems what we've accomplished and what we've done for him, uh, then we'll have some authority over, as it says here, cities, so to speak. And so, and, uh, and he said, likewise to him, be thou over, uh, no, I'm sorry. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath, hath gained five pounds. And he said, uh, he said, likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound. Again, a single pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. And why did he lay it up in the napkin? Because, for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, uh, thou takest up that thou laidest not down and reapest that thou didst not sow. And let's, we're going to talk about this, but let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, again, I come to thee and I ask you, please fill me. Spirit of God, I need you. I need your fresh anointing for every service, every time I speak. Dear God, I need your strength, your clarity of mind. I need you to direct my thoughts and guide my, my, my every word and uh, speak through me as I yield myself to thee. And Lord, cleanse me, fill me with your spirit and your power. And then Lord, I pray that you again, that you build a mighty hedge of protection around this place, that God, that you could work greatly and mightily in the group that we have here tonight, please. We do all things in, for your glory, dear Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Some things to know, a pound is a, a very specific weight. Uh, they believe that today, if, you, if they took that pound and, and equated it to today's standards, it would be 10 and a third ounces. It's a very specific weight. So what it's saying is, is that every one of these people got the exact amount. They got, and it's very specific, 10 and a third ounces. So it's, it's a very specific amount that they're going to get. Every man got the, exactly the same thing. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. We're going to take uh, a look at this verse, and I want you to uh, see this, and I want you know, maybe even to mark it in your Bible and just give you a second to get there, but it says, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so uh, I believe in, in my, my heart that God, when he gave him this pound, this specific amount, it's, uh, we have this definite article here in this passage, the measure of faith. There's a very specific measure. Even the word measure uh, means is defined as specific or a limited amount. And so uh, God says that he's given every man a very specific, limited amount of faith. But all of us start at the same place, all, just as all of these ten started with a pound, exactly the same amount. Everybody starts equally. It's not like God, you know, and, and, and forgive me, you know, but we got a world out there and a lot of our fundamentalists are, are moving into this, this Calvinism that, that says that, that God has already determined and uh, God has already predetermined, predestined you for heaven or hell. He created you for heaven or hell. Uh, I think it's a really a lot of misuse, uh, misunderstanding of Scripture, misunder misinterpretation of Scripture. But the simple truth is, is, is this. God gave everybody in this world, for God so loved, the world, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, uh, but have everlasting life. And, and so God's given everybody that, that faith, and it's just everybody has the same opportunity to place that faith somewhere. Amen. And so, 
We want to now look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to look at verse 14. 25, 14. I'll give you a second to get there. But Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents, came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two, ta- two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done. That good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over, over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strown. And that's as far as we'll go with that one. But, you know, these two illustrations have a lot of similarities and just a just just briefly or very quickly looking at them, you, you know, you sometimes you can think really they're illustrating the same thing, but they're two completely different parables. They're saying two completely different things. It seems to be sometimes in this illustration that, that, that they may be saying the same, but they're not. One, uh, one servants are given a very, in one of the parables, one, the servants are giving, given a varying number of talents, but in the parable of the pound, they're all given the exact same thing. The talents were not only different for, uh, for each, but a talent changes depending on the currency or the object. You see, a pound is specific, and no matter what you're dealing with, it's a pound. It's 10 and a, and a third ounces as we know it today. But the talent changed with whatever object it was. You see, the illustration that it gave in this is that in Israel at this time, uh, a talent of silver was 100 pounds of silver. But a talent of gold was 200 pounds of gold. So it depended on the object how much you got of that certain thing. Also, this parable only uses three people where the parable of the pounds uses ten. And it clearly states they were given, watch this, they were given according to, to their several ability or their individual abilities. You know, everybody in here has got different abilities. Everybody in here, I, I've, it's, it's an amazing thing, but in both illustrations, the ones that fail, listen to what, there's the similarity, the ones that fail do so because they think the master is a harsh taskmaster. 
Do you know there's some people that turn away from God and they struggle serving God or accomplishing anything for God because, and I keep saying this, because they live in a fear of God. And they get weary in this, I'm, I'm afraid that God's just forcing me to do this. God's making me do this. God's, you know, God's going to be upset at me and God's going to chastise me. God's going to hurt me. Now listen to me. These men didn't accomplish anything because they looked at God in the wrong light. Yes, God expects righteousness. But he's not a God that looks at you every time you stumble in your human flesh, every time you demonstrate weakness and and taking a bat to your head. That's not your God. He's the God that's saying, come back to me. As I said this morning, I'm going to keep saying it. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, one does not trust the master and rather puts his faith in himself and his labor. You say, How, where do you get that? Because in the parable of the pounds, he wraps it in a napkin. If you look up the definition of that, it says a cloth used to wipe away the sweat of the brow. You know why you sweat? You sweat because you're laboring. And I believe that everything's so clear here. God says, you know what this man does? He wrapped up his faith in his own works. He wrapped up his faith in his own works. And you know what? That accomplishes nothing. And I'm here to testify, you can run yourself in the ground and really be spinning your wheels. We've done it about three times with the lawnmower out here. You get too close to one of those mud holes and that baby will just right there. And it's not, I don't care how much you try to push it, how much you try to wiggle on it. I don't care how much you gun it and reverse it and forward. That baby is stuck. Okay? It's just stuck. And it's not coming out until somebody comes and pulls you out. And God bless, I love the South, because every time I get stuck, some old guy drives by in a truck, comes up and says, hey, man, you need some help? Now, does that look like I need any help? (laughs) What kind of question is that? Hook on, man. Pull me out of here. One does not trust the master and puts his faith in in himself and his labor. The other does not trust the master and puts his faith in the world. He buries it in the dirt. He puts his faith in the world, in the world system. And so they don't trust the way of Christ, so they will use their faith their way. Churches are full of people who say, I'm coming to church, but I'm going to serve Christ my way. Some of them, it's the world's way. Some of them, it's just my service, my work, my way. How y'all doing out there? Okay, these two said something. How about anybody else out here? Okay, three women just helped me. Fellas, y'all got to have a voice. John Yarn, I'm going to keep going until you say amen. Oh, I love that emotion and enthusiasm. All right. And the results for both of these are cast out into darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And again, there's so many of these things that have so much debate, but I'm, I'm really just a, a man that, that I, I don't read commentaries a whole lot. 
I'll, I'll read for historical information. I'll read for some kind of reference. But, but I'll be honest with you, I just go to God and I say, Lord, show me the information. Show me the facts. Show me the truth. And can I tell you, here's what God shows me. They both are cast into darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the only place you find that terminology in the scripture, it's talking about hell. Now, a lot of people say that's not what it's talking about here, but I'm just telling you, it's talking, when he says this every other place, and I compare scripture with scripture, it's talking about hell. And why? Because these servants, these people, these people of God, they trusted in themselves. They came going to work their way to God. They came to church. They got they prayed a prayer, they got baptized, they became a church member, but they're still saying, I'm doing this. It's my work. Wrapped it up in a napkin. There's others that just, look, hey, I'm coming to church if the church is of the world. I'm, if, I can be, if I can bring the world with me and I can live in the world, and that, oh my goodness, we went to that this conference, this, uh, this, this, this family conference we went to, and we went to speak, and, and it was a big, uh, big uh, area for a Christian place, you know, so they had a lot of other groups there. And so, I did, you know, I was a big building over here. We were having a little uh, a time out here, going to have a campfire and things out here after one of the sessions, and I walked into the building, and I'm, I'm never, only place I've seen it is in, in Africa. I walked in, and they were having a teen meeting. And it, it was not contemporary. It was just straight out. Man, I might as well walked into Leonard Skinner. Uh, God bless you. Nobody else never heard that term. <laughs> Don't look at me that way, Josh. You probably still have his album. But then, man, I walked. I, I thought, what in the world? It was so loud. And I, I just got to see, you know, because I thought, come on, I can show you my moves. And, but I, man, they were in there. And it was just, the guy was just, and they weren't even singing. They'll say, hey, it's the words that are important. Let me help you. They weren't singing any words. It was just repetition. And it was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, what in the world? We brought the world in. I saw, the, only, honest, the last place I saw anything like it, I was in Africa. Uh, we were having a meeting, an open-air meeting out there. We, we, we call our Christmas crusades. We went to this village, and we were there at the village, and all of a sudden, the same kind of thing, repetitious, just, and, all, and that, right after about five minutes of that, we were trying to preach, trying to do, I just walked off into the dark toward them. I just started praying. God was saying it all, and then they started screaming, and then they started just wailing, and then they started speaking in tongues. And I prayed and said, God, just, boy, I just kept praying before we get to the invitation. This has got to stop. They got to hear the preaching. They got to hear, because it was just incredible, insane. Just was repetitious driving and screaming and screaming and screaming. It was incredible. Just as demonic as anything that you could be around. And it's strange. Where did I find it next? In a Christian youth meeting. This is not about music, in case you want to know. I mean, if this is bothering you, God bless you. 
Keep smiling at me. You okay? You don't have to agree with me. And I understand that. And it's okay. You really don't. I mean, just, you can be wrong. But the, uh, no. But they bring the world in. They don't trust the way of Christ, so they use their faith their way. They, they both end up in hell because they did. There's only one way to heaven. Amen. Somebody asked, I heard on the, on the news the other day, one more of these. Uh, you really believe there's only one way to heaven? Are you that uh, dogmatic? Are you that biased? And, and thank God the, the man said, uh, well, yes. There's only one way to heaven. And it's not by working your way there. It's not by following the world's way. It's about Jesus Christ and him alone. So comparing scripture with scripture throughout the Bible, we see, I believe, it's, they're talking about hell. In this first parable about the pounds, one man takes his face and invests it greatly in Christ. He takes that pound and gains 10 pounds. Another takes his faith in Christ and he invests, but apparently the best I can determine, maybe not to the same level of commitment. But, you know, God really didn't create us all the same. And the truth is, there's some people, I used to hear this from a preacher a long, long time ago, but he'd say, you know, God made some men with the ability to, to, uh, to pastor a church of, of 500. But others, no matter what they did, they're not made to do that. They're just, they don't have those talents and abilities and and, and so they're, they're not made for that. But so we see the, this is taking place. We're going to get somewhere in this. When one man takes his faith and invests it greatly in Christ, another takes his faith in Christ and invests, but the level of commitment maybe is not quite the same, or maybe just simply he has not given the other parable, and we'll see this in just a second, he doesn't have the same abilities. Both, here's what's so key about it, both are rewarded. Both rewarded for their investment in Christ. They took their faith, they invested in Christ, and God used them, and they worked, and they served, and God blessed, and both were rewarded. Several of my sons-in-law uh, are what I call multi-talented men of God. You see, the second parable, God gives that man who has invested his faith I believe he, I, me personally, I believe that when he says to one, he gives one ten and one five, you know, I believe that one of those ten was the, the pound. I believe that that talent was equivalent to the pound of faith. I believe he had took that faith and then God gave him some other talents. That, it could be uh, talents and abilities. He invested his faith. I think he took the faith and then from that investment in his faith, then talents and abilities and gifts were given to him to do greater works for God. And as I said, several of my, my I got sons-in-law, uh, I got one of them who can sing, he can play instruments, he can preach, he can organize, he has discernment. And I, I honestly, I could kind of go on and on. I have several of them that I call multi-talented. These are kind of ten talented kind of kind of young men. They can organize. They have incredible organizational abilities or oratorical abilities. They are multi-talented men. I've always, me personally. Uh, this is going to shock you. I'm kind of a one or two talent kind of guy. 
You're supposed to say, oh, no, Brother Hooker. No. I mean, let's play football is a talent. But listen to this. But here's what I've learned. The key is not the talents that you were given, how much or how many. It's how much faith you invest in living and using these talents for God. It's what you do with what you were given. One of the talents that each received in both parables, I believe, as I said, was the talent of faith. A specific amount in Luke was a pound of faith. And I believe, I believe one of those talents that they gave, uh, in a sense, was this, this specific amount. A talent uh, can be in a different object. In gold, it was, it was 200 pounds. In faith, it was 10 and a third ounces. So it, it's just it's different. But it's so important that we use faith to the fullest for God. It's so important that we use our talents and abilities to their fullest for God. It's important that we realize that hiding using up, burning your faith in self for the world can never save. Attempting to do so is religion rather than Christianity. And religion is of man and of the world, and it's, it's not, you've got to come to God in God's way. And all this is foundational, believe it or not. But this is a terrible thing for those who, who end up in eternal tor- torment. But now, after all that kind of foundation of those two parables, here's the real sermon, and here's the title of the sermon. You guys like titles to sermons. He's getting ready, Brother Vince, right now. He's getting ready to write it down. I'm watching him move. He put down his coffee. (laughs) The real title of this and real question is, where are the seven? Where are the seven? You ever think about it? I love math. And this is real hard math, but he said he had 10 servants. He gave him 10 pounds. And he came back, and one had invested and produced. A second one had invested and produced. A third one laid it up in a napkin and hid it. And when I read that, I thought, okay, time out. Where's the rest of them? Where's the other seven? Where are the seven? The parable, ten servants, ten pounds, the only answer that I can give, listen to this now, the only answer that I can give is that they must not possess their pound any longer. You see, everybody in this room was given a specific amount of faith. Do you know anybody that used to believe and right now they believe in nothing? Anybody know anybody like that? One time, maybe they were on fire for God. And now they don't believe in God. They don't believe in the church. They don't believe in anything. They were given faith, and you know what? Something happened to it. They believe in nothing. We talk to them all the time. You meet these people, and they just, they believe, they they have no faith. These people that we're talking about, 
And again, this is, I'm, this is kind of the territory where you I don't think you have to trust me, but just give me a hearing on this. For some reason, the Lord chose not to mention them at all. He said, two of them invested in me, put their faith in me, and then they put feet to their faith. And because of that, they reaped some product, so to speak. One, he clearly said he had his faith, but he hid it. He wrapped it up, but he, he wrapped it up and we always say he hid it. He wrapped it up, but he wrapped it up in himself because his faith was placed in himself in his own work. And God's not going to bless that. I believe they might wasted or spent their faith on, as the scripture talks about, the prodigal son on riotous living. They may have placed their faith in Christ for salvation, or they may not have. But regardless, they have spent their faith. They wasted their faith. They allowed their faith to be taken from their hearts. They are now agnostics, atheists, anti-God, humanists, secularists. They have come to the point they have faith in no one and nothing. Am I the only person that's met these people? Sadly, there's some people that we used to be very close to. And they have completely turned away from God. I mean, to the point they have no faith in God that God even exists. They've come to the point that their faith is in no one and nothing. They are just chemicals that exist until they die. Then there is nothing. They just vanish. They just ex- the, the, the chemicals go back into the ground to, in many of the, you know, maybe to be used for something else, to, to create some other animal, some other product. They are animals with no conscience, no right or wrong. Only live for today, for tomorrow we die. You said, Brother Hooker, that's, that's kind of depressing, discouraging. The reason I do this, I never try to preach a message to discourage anybody. I'm trying to lay a foundation because here's the real question. Where are the seven? But here's even the greater question. Who becomes the seven? How do you become the seven? Well, here's my, the crux of my message It starts with a misappropriation of faith. Then continues into the decline of faith, which results in a decline of serving, putting feet to faith. After every decline, more faith is expended or lost. Then comes trust in self. That's the wrapping it in a napkin. Then comes trust in the world system, which is placing it, burying it in the dirt. And why would they do that? Because they've lost faith in God. They put faith in God and it didn't work out. That's why I say this very well. Maybe those seven, some of them may have been, actually may have been Christians. 
But after they come to that point where they believe it has not worked out with God, then comes no trust or belief in anyone or anything, including God. In 2005, there was a study published in the Journal for Scientific Study of Religion. And here's what the results of it was. Whether it's true or not, this is their study. They found that 22% of Americans attend services at churches weekly. That was in 2005, and I I dare say it has not increased. But they said 22%. Now, some of the other things that I read, one of them said 2009 that there was 37% of people that that attended churches regularly. It just depends on who's doing the survey. But but here's what it said. Found 22% of Americans attend services weekly. Then they compared to other countries, such as the French. And in France, 15% of the citizens attend church weekly. In the UK, United Kingdom, 10% of the entire population of the United Kingdom attend church weekly. Australia, 7.5% of the people attend church weekly. But I want you to think about this 22%. Right now, I believe in America, it fits the first parable that there was 10 Seven vanished, one's religious, and two have some devotion to God. 22%. Seven have just vanished. But let me help you. Those that are not going to church, don't want to go to church, don't ever want to go back to church, don't want to have anything to do with church, not all of those people are lost. That ought to shake us up a little bit. Here's the question now in the end of my message. Who will, you, who will we be? Not now, but who will we be when Christ returns? When he comes back and he looks at us and says, I left you here to be busy. That's what trading means, be busy about my business, be investing in my business. And he comes back and and whether that's when we die and stand before him one day, at the, if we're saved at the judgment seat of Christ. But he comes and he looks at all of us. And he says, I left you there to invest. I didn't leave you, there, leave you there to party. I didn't leave you there to build a big business. I didn't leave you there to become powerful and rich and famous. I didn't leave you there for that. He said, I left you there to invest, be trading, be busy in my business. That's why I left you there. So it's not what we're doing now. It's what will we be when we stand before him. Here's a greater question for parents sitting out here as I look at parents, young parents. Who will our children be? Who will our children be? Will they be the seven? And God gave them faith also. Or if they're unborn, God will give them a measure of faith. What will they do with it? Can I tell you that will probably be greatly influenced by what they see us as parents and grandparents doing with our faith. 
Another question, what can I do to assure this will not happen to me and my family? You ready for the answer? Here we are. Do we need a drum roll? Thank you. Come on. Drum roll, please. Here's the answer. This is tough. This is difficult. The answer is simply occupy. Watch this. Occupy. Watch this. Till I come. Hold on. Say, where are you going? Got to go to the bathroom. No, I'm... Would you stand up for me just for a second? It's not that you occupy... Man, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. 77. Running a bus route. Picking up people every Sunday morning. Going out every... Do you want to dance? Okay. Oh. Every Sunday morning. Do you know what she's doing? She's occupying. You say, because occupying is much like that word trading. It's being busy about the work of the Lord. And how long are we supposed to do it? Just how long do I have to keep doing this? How long do I have to keep working in the church? Well, you want all the attention? You can sit down. The... I love this woman. She blesses my soul, encourages me. Amen. Got to see Mrs. Hansen this morning. Told her she looked like so good, she's ready to dance. You know what she did? She grabbed me and started dancing. I said, come on, it's all right. My wife's jealous, but it's all right. How long do I have to keep doing this? Till he comes. Till he comes. Oh, I get tired of going out on Saturday. I'm sorry. He ain't come yet. That's right. Hello? I get tired of every week having to be here every Sunday, every every Wednesday. I go visit. I get, and, that, and these people that come in now, that bald-headed old dude, he's got something going on all the time. I do not. It's that woman. How long occupy till he comes? Anybody know how long that is? Let me help you. Till he comes. Till he comes. Trading, working, investing, being busy about the business of God. Invest your life, your time, your money. And your energy, your money, your devotion, your money. And I just want to do that because they said, don't preach you all they talk about is money. <laughs> I don't want your money. That's a lie. Ah, no. <laughs> Trading, working, investing in the work of the Lord. The challenge tonight, I, I, get involved. 
I love, you know, that old illustration. Brother Hunt, Dr. John R. Rice. <laughs> Get involved. Get involved. Amen. Hello? Amen. Brother Hopper asked me about choir, you know, people in the choir. What do you want? What's your... I said, put everybody in the church up there if they want to be there. If it's a ministry... If the heart's in it, get them up there. Say, what if they can't sing? They'd be like everybody else. (laughs) They can stand beside Linda. That'll make them sound better. (laughs) Challenge tonight is get involved. When you put your faith in Christ, next you need to put your faith, watch this now, in the church for which Christ gave his life. Thank you, Anthony, joined the church. You know, I thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Hello, Anthony. Get involved. God bless you turning red, buddy. <laughs> but when you put your faith in Christ, the next you put your faith in the church Christ died for, and then next you put faith to their faith, or your faith will diminish. You got to get, God knew something. He knew you either get busy doing what you believe in or watch this, you're going to stop believing it. And that, that seemed like I'll be a song or something. I'm a believer now. Uh, the, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Here we go. I just have to give you clues because you're like, what is he talking about? And poor DeMarc is over there like, the What? It's on an album. <laughs> now, look, I'm telling you, it's so simple, and I'm making it it's humorous because, you know, we all need some encouragement. It's just good to laugh every once in a while, but, but I, got, I got to tell you, this is so real. You've got to understand that either you are involved and growing and going and doing something, or I'm telling you, you're not staying stable. You're drifting back. You're drifting back. Now, listen to me. Involvement can be bringing cupcakes to Sunday school. Involvement can be praying for your preacher. Amen? I don't know what you're... We go, we go back. I don't have time to go on all except the talents and the, that God gave because those were... See, it was all varying... Amounts, And so that means somebody's got a, a talent of organization. Somebody's got a talent to cook. Somebody's got a talent to fish. Amen. Somebody bring me some fish. And so you got talents to do different things. Some of you, watch this, please. Some of you just have the talent of encouragement. You understand that, uh, Brother Phipps? You encourage me most of the time. You encourage me. And, and look, that's encouraged me. You know what? You too encourage me. You do. Because you look at me like you almost like me or something. 
Now, the fact is, it's encouragement. And, and I'm not talking about everybody's got to do the same thing because that's what God said. He said, I'm going to give you different talents. And those talents are different in weights. They're different in proportions. And they're, they're all talents and they're all equal because they're talents. He said, well, I don't have the talent that they have. Hey, I'm just telling you, in God's sight, the talent he gave you is the greatest talent that's available and it's the greatest talent you could have. He said, Brother Hooker, I don't have a lot of talents. Join, hey, right here with me. I don't have a lot. Aw, I don't have a lot of talents. But what God gave me, I'm going to use. It goes back, I, goes back to playing ball. You know what I'm talking about? I one time I was playing football with the sailors. We were out there and I'd play three or four hours. And I did that so I could reach them in a greater way because, you know, they, they see this old bald-headed dude and I'm about 10, 15 years older than they are. And they think, what's that guy doing out on the field? Until I whooped the snot out of him. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I, I intercepted, my dad was there watching, and I intercepted a pass, and I, I hit the sidelines, and I, I took off t- to the other end zone, scored a touchdown, and, and one of my workers said he was looking at my dad, standing over the sidelines, and said, how'd you make him such an athlete? The guy told me, he said, my dad looked at him and said, he ain't a good athlete. And the guy said, did you not just see what he just did? And my dad said to him, son, that boy was never a good athlete. He's not, he doesn't have natural ability. He just wanted it more than any boy I've ever seen. And you know what? I just came into Christianity, and maybe I don't have a lot of abilities. Maybe God didn't just dump on me a lot of talent. Maybe I can't sing even though you want me to. Maybe I can't play instruments. Maybe I can't do that, but bless God, what I got, I'm going to give it everything I got. Until he comes. Until he comes. And everybody in here got something. You can write a note of encouragement. You can make a visit to six folks. You can, you can be a blessing to the Hansons. You can be a blessing to the Cummings who are struggling with it. You can be a blessing to people that's hurt. It's not just, okay, do I show up Saturday morning? Forgive me. I'd love to have everybody could out here, but I'd rather have just a group of people everywhere they went, use their talent for God, and made a difference in the whole community. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, well, does that mean you're going to tell some people not to come on Saturday? Listen, it's like the choir. I want you here if you got a heart to do it. And we'll make a difference in this community. But the biggest thing is what did God give you? Use it. Use it. And it might just be cleaning a house for somebody. It really might. It might just be cleaning your own house. So... You know. Amen. Brother Felton, he always looks at me like, that man is crazy. <laughs> hey, I have one talent. God said, you're stupid. Use your stupidity. <laughs> and I'm going to use it. No, I'm just, I believe, let's just all... Hey, you say, I don't, I'm not sure what my talent is. 
I got a feeling, two ways to find out. Get on your knees here tonight and say, Lord, what's my talent? How can I use it for you? How can I? Show me what it is, and then I'll use it. It's not the same as, as mine, not the same as Brother Bob's. Brother Bob's talent is being obnoxious. And they, no. <laughs> no, Brother Bob's talent is holding on to every penny he can hold on to. I just love to spend money and, then, and, and tell him about it. Because when I do, it's like he's so close to a heart attack. He looks at me like, uh-huh. <laughs> you can come up here and ask God, what is it? Forgive me, but one thing that God did give me, he gave me a little bit of discernment. You can, you can come ask me. And if I spend a little bit of time with you through prayer and yield to God's spirit, I believe God will show me what it is. And I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. It's very important that we figure out what those are. And they're different for everybody. And watch, they give different, God gave different amounts, I believe, to everybody. How's your faith? I, I, I just don't want us to one day to wake up and find our faith gone. And I don't think we will if we place our faith in Him and that we continue to occupy with the talents he's given us until he comes. I hope that'll help you. Hope that'll bless you. Hope that'll encourage you. Because that's what I meant for it to do. Father, I